0: You are listening to Deeper Roots, a podcast to help equip the members of New Branch Community Church to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information, visit newbranch.com. Hey, we're back for another episode of Deeper Roots. You guys missed me last week. We did. Yeah. It's good to I see you I, back. And... I noticed you. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh So... That's a great segue. That's a great way to open up the episode. It's Matt, a, you missed me last week. I,
1: I missed you terribly. All
0: terribly right, so, something terrible. Um, but we are back, and today we're talking about the Lord's, Lord's Supper. Supper. The Lord's Supper. So, good episode on baptism last week, and now we are on to the Lord's Supper. So, Matt, we'll just kick it off with you. What is the Lord's Supper?
1: Ooh, what is the Lord's Supper? Oh, I didn't. I should have pulled up the Catechism again, shouldn't I? Um, But hey, let's go abstract principles this time. The Lord's Supper is an ordinance of Jesus Christ to be administered with the elements of bread and wine and to be observed by his churches till the end of the world. So, and it makes clear in no sense is it a sacrifice, but it's designed to commemorate the death, um, to confirm the faith uh, and other graces of Christians and to be a bond a pledge and renewal of their communion with him. So there you go. I, <laughs> Thank you. I, I like the abstract principles. Ah, So, yeah, I mean, as we talked about with baptism. So now say week, it for
0: dumb people like me. What's that? <laughs> now say it for dumb people like me.
1: <laughs> well, as we talked about last week, if, if baptism is kind of the, the entry into the family of God, right? If it's, uh, there's two ordinances, we think of Christ, baptism, Lord's Supper, baptism is the entry. Uh, into the family. Hey, I'm putting on the jersey. I think we said, or I'm on the team. Those types of language from Bobby Jameson. Um The Lord's Supper is the is the kitchen table, so to speak. Is the continuation. So we believe baptism's once. Uh, you can think of it as like marriage vows. Uh, you you uh, come and make your vows, uh, and then uh, the Lord's Supper is the enacting of that. We are we're the family of God, and so we belong to Christ, and so we come to His table. And we share uh, in fellowship uh, with Him and with one another uh, through through that. So, it is a sign and seal of the covenant. So it's a sign we've been welcomed to His table. It's a seal we are uh, in communion with Him uh, through the ordinance that He uh, that He gave to us. Short short answer.
0: There, there you go. And can instituted by.
2: I'm sorry? The Lord's Supper was instituted by? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. It's, it's honestly, it's one of the, it, we, we don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, teachings from Jesus that are in all four of the Gospels. This is one of those, uh, the institution of the Lord's Supper. Um, <clears throat> the occasion of that was Passover. Uh, it was the Passover meal that... Jesus and the disciples were observing um, on the night of his betrayal. They were in the upper room, um, and they were celebrating that, um, that meal, that uh, celebration, uh, marking um, and remembering uh, the Passover uh, when the, uh, uh, the angel of death came as the tenth plague on uh, Egypt. And uh, God had His people um, sacrifice a lamb, and uh, spread the the blood of the lamb over the the doorposts and the frames, um, and of the uh, of the Israelites, so that the angel of death would pass over those. And so, um, uh, in in that account, uh, later God uh, instituted this as a as an annual feast, the Passover feast, um, whereby they would celebrate that. So Jesus was doing that. They went to Jerusalem just as thousands of others had had flocked to Jerusalem to do that. And so it was normal for them to have gathered to do this. But then Jesus stands up at the end of that, and perhaps it would be good to to read that. Um, I'll I'll just go to Matthew to go to any of the gospel accounts, but... Uh, Matthew 26, I believe it is. Verse 26. Starting in verse 26.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Now as they were eating, so that's the Passover meal that they're eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So that's... Um, That's a portion of the Passover meal. So it's in the middle of that. So in the middle of celebrating that the Lord provided a lamb's blood um, as a a way of escape from the angel of death in the Exodus. Now he takes this bread. Um, Some say it's the showbread from Passover or whatever it may have been. But he takes the bread and he breaks it. And this is when he he begins to break from the traditional Passover observance. And he says, take this and eat, for this is my body. Um, And uh, this is my body that will be broken for you. And then it says, verse 27, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Um, Again, there were many... Uh, cups that were part of the Passover celebration. Um, at many times in the traditional Passover or Seder meal, uh, those who are observing that would take a cup and would drink it at the appropriate time. And so this is this is part of that. And so Jesus says, "This is this is my cup. This this is the cup of my blood um, of the new covenant." Um, and so again, now he's breaking with that Passover observance and instituting something new. And he says, my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins." So obviously pointing to uh, what he was going to do um, just in a matter of, uh, you know, hours, a couple of days um, on the cross um, when he would spill his blood for the forgiveness of, of sins. And so then, then he finishes that in verse 29, for I tell you, um, uh, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine again until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Um, and so this is Jesus instituting this regular observance. Um, if we go to 1 Corinthians 11, as Jesus, uh, excuse me, as the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, the observance of um, the Lord's Supper in the, when the church gathers, uh, he says, you know, Jesus says, do this as often as you drink it, do this regularly. Um, uh, he, he says it points back to what Jesus did on the cross. And so um, in that sense, it is, um, it is a memorial um, first. Um, it is a time of remembering what Jesus did just as the Passover was. Passover was remembering what the Lord did and bringing his children out of Egypt, out of slavery in Egypt. This is a, is a memorial. It's a remembering, not just of what Jesus did, but what that means for us um, that uh, we have no, no hope of standing before a Holy God except for the blood of Christ covering us. Uh, but it's, it's beyond, it's a memorial. It's also, it's a, it's a, it's an anticipation looking forward uh, to when we are reunited with Jesus, and we celebrate the the Lamb's uh, supper, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb that we'll read about in uh, chapter nineteen of Revelation, actually.
0: Yes. So throughout history, there's been other views, and other, and actually, I guess there's still other views on what the Lord's supper is. And you just kept saying it's a memorial. So uh, we believe, with all Protestants, I don't know, check me on this, that uh, it we are remembering. That I mean, maybe that's not. Isn't that is that not the view now, almost universally held by Protestants,
2: that it's remembering? I think it's more than that in some instances. Okay,
0: Um, so at least, but that, but our view is that we are that that this is not imparting some special grace by just there being bread or 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 juice or, which would be more of the Catholic view, I believe. Right. Uh, I'm looking to the guys smarter and wiser. So. Well, I mean, so, I'm, not,
1: uh, I'm definitely not smarter than, than you, but <clears throat> there's. Uh, but, you'll see. Concede,
0: but you'll concede wiser. <laughs> That's what <laughs> no, I just no, heard I wouldn't you say. Wiser either.
1: I wouldn't say wiser either. Uh, yeah, the transubstantiation is viewed the Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church, that it is, you know, that actually the uh, bread and the wine are right. They're They're they become, they the, become the, the, blood substance and the substance the yeah. substance yeah yeah so they remain the same in appearance but yeah they And yeah I guess that wouldn't this. be
0: the view the the remembering view or whatever what this is called right. uh, would not be universally held by Protestants it actually wouldn't have been held by the right. uh, Episcopal church
2: that you, previously met here right yeah if you go A Lutheran uh, yeah. Lutheran would not affirm transsubstantiation con- but cons- consubstantiation which is not a whole lot different but basically that the essence of the bread and the wine coexist with the essence of the blood and so th- so there's a there is something happening there and so there is there is some impartation of grace there. Yeah. And and but we would well, Luther,
1: Luther would have said by faith. Yeah, he would have said faith was important.
0: Absolutely.
2: Right. That's where, yeah. That's so when where I say Lutheran have, don't hear Luther. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so all that to say, like it's not universal. This, this view that we think is biblical. Uh, that, that, that we think this is the right view of it uh, of the Lord's Supper. Uh, but we are saying that what we're doing here is remembering, uh, Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross and looking forward to that. That there's not just some other grace being imparted there beyond the, the spiritual grace of remembering and all of that. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. So right. Say so, practi- so that
1: again, that there's not some other grace going on here. Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, you know, I think what Zwingli would have said, uh, he he would be represented as a reformer. That was specifically a, uh, a memorial view. Remembering Calvin was somewhere in between, I think uh, Zwingli and Luther. And that there was there's something mysterious going on there of sure. communion with Christ, and I think I would still affirm that. I think a lot of Protestants would uh, still affirm that. But um, but yeah, and I would just look to First Corinthians ten on that sixteen seventeen where Paul's and, talking about that.
0: And then I, I guess even to start parsing that out to finally gets. I mean, it's a means of grace. Yeah. So we're certainly being administered grace through that. Right. Um, so yeah, parsing that out too finally gets it's tricky.
2: But we can be clear that there is no salvific, correct? Uh, yes, uh, thing that's happening that's, as a result of us t- taking that. Almost lost my microphone there.
0: So yeah, when we're talking about ministering grace, we're talking about something different than something salvific. Yes, yes. absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you're not was,
0: saved uh, by taking communion. No, no just like
1: you're not by baptism. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and. So, yeah, I mean, that would be Luther's issue. His issue was that, uh, with the Catholic Church, that it was in his time, it was just mechanical. It was just if you just came in and took, that you received grace. That's why faith was so important to him. Yeah. But yeah, as, as the Protestant Reformation uh, developed, you know, continued on and they clarified these issues, then they, uh, for sure, it was, um, it is a, we're saved by faith, and faith alone. But this is a, a means of grace of God's grace. Just like hearing the preached word uh, yeah. each and every week to us is a means of grace. Where God yes. ministers to us uh, through the Holy Spirit as we're gathered together as a church. So yeah, absolutely. No, this is not saving someone by taking uh, the Lord's supper. Actually, to, to be an unbeliever and take is a take in an unworthy manner because yes. it's like last time you faced the table, Ken. You're you're proclaiming a gospel you don't yet believe. So. Yeah,
0: so that gets to right practice of right. the of the the ordinance. Right. Uh, what what is what are the key things that we talk when we talk about like how we practice it here? What are the key things for the right practice of yeah. the ordinance? Well, there's other, something. That, there's a few things that you hear, regardless of who's leading in Lord's Supper, that are right. going to always be elements of when we're observing the Lord's Supper.
2: Right. So, um, as as Matt just alluded to. Just as we said last week with baptism, this is, this is a practice, this is an observance that's only for believers because of what it is. It is, it is, a, it is not just remembering, because an unbeliever can remember what Jesus did, right? But it's, it's calling to mind that that is the only means by which I can stand before a holy God today. Um, and, and I am trusting in what he did as, as my only hope. Obviously, an unbeliever can't do that. An unbeliever is not trusting in Christ as his only hope. And so um, that's one of the parts of of rightly practicing the Lord's Supper is for those who are administering it to, quote unquote, fence the tables such that only those who are believers are coming to the table. Now, there's different ways different churches do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some churches do that by saying, hey, uh, the means by which we will know that if you are a member is, or excuse me, the means by which we know whether or not you're a believer is membership. And so only those who are members of this church will celebrate that. That's actually more in line with what the Catholic Church pre- uh, teaches. They practice, uh, you have to be a member of the Catholic Church in order to take communion. Um, uh, and and there's, there's lots of pros to that. Um, we just have a hard time. I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around um, not allowing a visitor who's a faithful member of another church to take communion sure. when we gather. And so we don't require you to be a member, but we do fence the table in the, the in setting up a communion from up front and saying this is only for those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's not for nonbelievers. It's not for un- this for is unbelievers.
0: this is this is a. This is a part of the service that is for those that are part of the family of God that are right. that are professing Christians,
2: right? And and I would further say um, it's it's for those who have been baptized. Uh, the practice of the church for uh, since since recorded history at least has been uh, that, as Matt said earlier, baptism is the entrance. So that is that's where you make it public that you're a believer. And so it's for baptized believers. Um, it's also not for those who are under uh, church discipline, uh, because if you're under, if if you're under church discipline, meaning you've been excommunicated, that means that you're not a believer. Um, so that that would, you know, if you're visiting from other from another church, that would be one qualification to that as well.
1: Right. Uh, just one point of clarification: if they're if they're being excommunicated, if they've been excommunicated by a church, it means the church is no longer affirming them as a believer, right? right? So which yep. is why they shouldn't. It's part of the discipline is that yeah, the church is saying you shouldn't come to the Lord's table until, and the reason being because they're unrepentant of sin; they're they're not right. willing to repent of a sin. They're they're taken in an unworthy manner. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it's what it's called closed communion. If it's only for members, we probably Mm -hmm. practice something like an open closed communion. I think last time you fenced the table, you're like, it it sure helps. (laughs) You know, it's (laughs) like if you would, you know, if you're, if you're part of this church, because then that way we, we do know you and we can, you know, the churches together, affirming one another in the faith uh, through that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: that wouldn't just be like us like coming up with rules about the Lord's supper or just being like, exclusive and narrow. Like we're that thing about like you need to be a need to be a believer comes from you keep saying unworthy manner of first Corinthians eleven. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So like we believe that Doing this in an unworthy manner is not not a light thing,
2: right? Yeah, yeah and I think it would involve. I, I think that might be worth us talking about. Receiving the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner includes Christians. Um, you know, if if you're an unbeliever and you take it, that would be un, an unworthy yes. manner. But it it includes more than that. I think it does. right. But, um, but
0: first, to just tie up that end, yeah. like this is why we because we're saying that this is a uh, I mean, instituted by the Lord, the right practice of it, according to uh, how how the Bible says that we should worship God, uh, the right practice of it is a weighty thing. So it's not us arbitrarily coming up with, or nah. it's not even just about <laughs> our Baptist tradition right. or right. denominational, whatever. Like, we believe that this is what the Bible teaches, and this is why we practice the nah. way that we do. Right. Um, and then, yes, now that does have something to say to Christians coming to the table.
2: Yeah. So I I think, you know, whoever does not discern the body. Um, I I think, I think part of that is in reference to, um, I, I think there's two, two ways we can understand that one, not seeing that this is a representation of Jesus's body and blood. So recognizing that, uh, what it represents, um, in, in, instead, in in the practice of Corinth, um, some were coming to the Lord's Supper table to eat and drink, right? And so they weren't discerning the body. They weren't thinking about the body of Christ and, and the crucifixion and all of that. Um, I think another another way to understand that, that that is very plausible is you're not discerning the body of Christ. You're not considering um, the, the, the gathered body that you're taking this with. Right. Um, And so uh, the right practice of the Lord's Supper is when the church gathers. That's part of how we understand that text. And so uh, we don't encourage our base groups, for example, to celebrate the Lord's Supper when they gather or for families to do that on their own. Um, But uh, this is something that the the church does when the church gathers. Yeah.
0: And. Leah and I took Lord's Supper at our wedding, but now I would not encourage that because that's not the gathering of the church. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Same
1: and same. We did it too, and, and same. I would not either. Yeah.
0: it's 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 a it's a or it should be practiced at together with with the church.
1: Yeah, with the church for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got uh, Paul. I mean, he he's several things there. He says in that passage, you proclaim christ until he comes in first corinthians 11 like ken's saying that if you're, you're not discerning christ if you're coming and taking it it makes no sense to proclaim what you don't believe so the first thing is believe right uh and then and then, yeah if you're and he actually re- it's a pretty strong rebuke he's like it's not the lord's supper that you take when you come together it's like right. oh wow i mean he's telling you what you think you're doing you're not really doing uh because it's because they're not being considerate of one another. They're not waiting on each other. So mm-hmm. it shows they should all be together. It represents the unity. Uh, in 1 Corinthians ten seventeen, he says, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of one bread. And it should show the unity of the church as we take the Lord's yes. Supper together. So, yeah, we should be together. We should be mindful of each other. Be mindful of, is there uh, dissension here? Am I at odds with a brother or sister in Christ? I should seek reconciliation before I take? Because you're right, Tyler, what you said earlier. its a sobering thing. I mean, he says later, he says, this is why some of you are sick and even fallen asleep, which means have died. died uh, uh, Because you're not, you know, I mean,
2: yeah. So, so, there, so there's a so- lot there that we could possibly, for, for Christians, Yeah, there's a lot of ways in which we could be taking this in an unworthy manner. Yeah. For that reason, Paul exhorts us to examine ourselves. Yes. Right. So I so think that's be, a very important part of the right practice is to have a time of examination. Yes. Um, we we try to let the church know when we're going to take the Lord's Supper um, in advance, typically in the news newsletter that comes out on Friday in the email. Um, so I, I would exhort our, our, our church members: don't wait until the um, uh, the 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 service to begin that examination, you know, begin that examination that morning, right? Begin the examination, you know, as your as yeah. your family's driving, you know, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper today, and so start that examination there, where we're asking, is there any unconfessed sin in my life? Do I have, yeah, you know, am I holding an offense against a brother or sister in Christ that I need to make right first? Um, am I remembering what this means? Am I recalling what Jesus did for me? All of this. Um, helps to prepare us to observe the Lord's Supper in a meaningful um, and right way. Yeah,
0: is the Lord's Supper to be observed by Christians who just don't feel like they're walking that closely with the Lord, like they feel like they just are not close to God?
2: Um, if if they are genuine believers and they're just they don't feel like they're close to Him, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's one of the things that we want to make clear is uh, examining yourself doesn't mean, hey, check and see and make sure you're you're perfect with the Lord right now, Um, because we're all sinners. Um, And, you know, sometimes we even say that the the Lord's the Lord's table is is not for those who don't sin. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it's for those who sin and are clinging to Christ as our only hope. And so absolutely, if if we feel like, you know, we've been beaten up by the world or if we're not walking closely with him, certainly confess that yeah. in that time of preparation. Lord, I need you and, and I'm sorry uh, that I haven't walked closely with you Um uh, but but come to the Lord's supper table because that reminds us that our only hope is Christ. yeah, no one comes on their own merit. Yeah,
0: I think there was a certain way about talking about this thing about an unworthy manner that I grew up in that made it sound like you need to you need to be like humming along, being like making the grade as a Christian before you come take the take the Lord's Supper here. So if you're not if you're falling in sin, if you're not, whatever um, then then you're pro- then you're not worthy of the table and that's not what we mean
2: by unworthy maybe. not at all not because at all because
0: if that were the thing if that were the mark then that undermines the whole point of remembering the gospel right yeah. so like you said there's no there everyone comes no one comes on their own merit um and that that time of remembering and that's what um that's why we have the lord's supper is to remember uh, it is like a somber thing, but it's also celebratory. It's mm-hmm. like a Good Friday and in <coughs> Easter kind of a right. tone that comes about, right? Yep. Uh, we remember what it cost for us to be forgiven, what our forgiveness cost, uh, but we also are are we thankful for it? So, okay. yeah,
2: yeah, we we are. I mean, what we want, what we hope that the Lord's Supper is when we practice it, it is it is a corporate proclamation of the gospel yes and my goodness that is always filled with tremendous hope for uh believers who are struggling in their faith and they need to be reminded that their only hope is christ and that hope is sufficient
0: yes so we practice it
2: how often Every three weeks, yeah, it's yeah. Is it every three weeks? Pretty much is. I think. Yeah.
1: The only reason it's not every four is to make sure it works right with children's workers' rotation. Yeah. Yeah, At one point we were doing
0: it monthly, but then it was like the
2: same the same week one children's workers would never have. Yeah. Every three weeks. So every three weeks, Um, you know, and I think the the regularity of the Lord's Supper is is something that is up to the local church to determine Yeah, right? we don't see we, we we see in scripture that it is to be regular right and often right um, how that actually gets fleshed out in the local church there's liberty you know a lot of churches do it every week yeah. some churches do it quarterly sure um so that's but i that's think that's like live.
0: the traditional baptists would be yeah quarterly. It's it's somewhere, somewhere along the lines traditional yeah. baptists would be
2: somewhere it's like yeah. quarterly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, one of the other things that that we should probably touch on is Um, you know, how do you handle children? Oh yeah. Um, you know, should, should children take the Lord's supper? I
0: I find having already said that we don't, if you're, if you're, if your kid is not a professing Christian and even professing and baptized Christian, um, I think that the our, when we observe the Lord's Supper is a time where I've had multiple conversations. like every almost every time I have a conversation uh, that we yeah. almost every time that we observe the Lord's Supper I have a conversation with my kids. Yeah, and I actually find that helpful because it's an op- it's a it's a time to say this is not for you because you're not you haven't placed your faith in Jesus yet, um, and so this is for for mommy and daddy who have placed their faith in Jesus and. You haven't, so you let it pass from you, and um, yeah, and I, I I think that that's uh, helpful for me as a parent to distinguish you're not a Christian. Um, at least where my kids are now, where neither of them are professing. Matt, you could probably speak differently because, uh, but like, or yeah, yeah, absolutely. When, when the kids are professing, and then how that conversation changes or whatever. Right. But um, as of now. None of my kids are professing, and I think it's helpful to say you're not just in the church. You're yes, you're in the building of the church, but you're not in the family right. just by nature of being here.
2: Right. So, so Matt, I want to ask you a question along those sure. lines. Um, I, I think I think on one side, the, um, those who children who have not placed their faith in in Jesus yet, um, we know that um, that that they shouldn't take this because it's not for. it's not for unbelievers right um what about the the child who um has placed their faith in christ you're you're still as a parent you're still discerning is it is it was that genuine conversion or not um so you haven't taken the step of baptism with the child yet um how do you help them navigate through this is just for believers but but daddy i've trusted in jesus right what counsel would you give parents along those lines?
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, yeah, sorry, Tyler was saying that too, and I was shaking my head no at him because I wasn't really hearing what he was saying. But yeah, I've got—I uh, <laughs> was like, no, I'm good. No, uh, yeah, yeah, I think the parents without—I agree. Don't squander the opportunity, right? I've seen parents, oh, just go ahead and take. I don't want them to, to get upset. No, it's a perfect chance to talk to them about the gospel. The parents who are in that middle phase, and I am, I've got two kids who've been through membership process. They are professing faith. And we are, and I'm hoping, you know, that at some point in the near future uh, that they are ready for that step of baptism. So, yeah, I still don't, they, they don't take the Lord's Supper, and they know that. And we we talk about that, and it's, uh, it's out of order uh, to do that first. Uh, so uh, I see that as a... Uh, if you want to use the marriage analogy, it's kind of like an engagement period, right? Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't come to the table before you've gone before the church and, uh, and gone through that initiation uh, ordinance first.
2: So it presses the, it presses the, the topic of, right. but then daddy, I should be baptized. Right. 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 So that, yep. and that's good. That's, is good. that's a good, is good. Uh, tension for the child to feel. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that's
0: a, Good I, think, I think so. I think it's baptism is the initiation, and uh, the, the Lord's Supper is that remembering of that yeah. covenant, the renewing, yep. and remembering. It's that like it continuation, or however you want yeah. to say. Yes, the
1: continuing of that. Yeah. So they are. So yeah. So they've been. So so that was the next step for us. You know. Okay. Well, we want you to do the membership uh, class because that's what you're doing. When you get baptized. You're joining the church. Uh, and then they know the next thing. The next step that'll happen is, and, and we can do that when we finish this podcast. But they, we're gonna set up a time for them to talk. Talk with Ken. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is more than than like you were saying. Uh, this is more than just our family, right? This is God's family, and so even though Dad's an elder here, uh, Dad, we want you be talk with another to, elder, to other yeah. pastors too, and uh, because we want them to uh, to witness, talk, and uh, and you to have that uh, that affirmation from the church, not just from which they would have. Right, the yeah. church would vote them in to. Uh, and not just from mom and dad, so that they understand. Uh, and again, as a parent, I'm comforted by that because what am I promised that that I'll get to see them across the the line of faith and and into the you know? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not promised that at all. Uh, but I am promised that the gates of hell and death will not prevail against the church. The church will always be here uh, yeah. until Christ returns or calls them home. So, so that brings me comfort. So I want them to see that and recognize that.
0: Yeah.
1: Amen. Yeah.
0: I think we can end right there I, I, I appreciate every time that you say that thing about the parenting that you've said many times about the church always being here oh so, yeah 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 Yeah. All, that thing about the parenting that one yeah <laughs> so we'll just we'll end there sounds,
1: sounds good sounds good